any of your listeners who are uh, listening here today, we do have a code just for you guys. It's and it's good for uh, 15% off all of our products, with the exception of our business line radios. Uh, um, so all of our micro mobile walkie talkies, what have you, 15% off. And that's at our web- website, which is MidlandUSA.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. And turn it up and drive during the Jeep Celebration event at South Fork Jeep. Call 1-800-LOW-PRICE to get a lifetime warranty and 0% financing for 72 months on a new Jeep Grand Cherokee. Shop the fastest growing dealer in Texas at SouthForkDodge.com. That's SouthForkDodge.com. So I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna mention this. There was no newsletter this week. as uh, uh, Nobody has reminded me, and I appreciate oh, that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a sad story to tell you guys, and, and maybe you'll let me off the hook. Oh, so, uh, our, uh, our, with it's all Josh's fault, doesn't it? I, I knew it. I, <laughs> it's actually all Buffy's fault because oh, uh, the vampire slayer. I don't. <laughs> well, no, this is Buffy the snack slayer. This is uh, oh. the, the dog's name that we have Uh-oh. here. So she, uh, I guess around Thursday, no, well not. Yeah. I guess around Thursday last week. Um, is that right? God, it didn't seem like it's that long. Uh, yeah, I guess it was, it was though certainly on the, the Labor Day weekend, uh, she mm-hmm. wasn't feeling very good. She wasn't moving around, and her her stomach was distended. Oh. So she was like, yeah. "We figured she, we figured she was uh, backed up because this has happened before." But she literally couldn't walk. Her her rear legs were would, she would not use them to move around because it hurt oh. her so badly. Poor baby, Lord, man. So she seemed to be getting a little better, but it wasn't. She still wasn't walking, and uh, so um, uh, my uh, youngest daughter took her to. Uh, the vet on Tuesday, you know, because things like this, you know, toothaches and anything that you have to have looked at immediately happens on a, a holiday weekend. Oh, of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so uh. she she took her uh, over to the vet, uh, emergency vet, uh, because everybody else was booked up for a week uh, to have uh, have her looked at. Five hundred and eight dollars later, the vet said, "Nah, she's fine. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. The dog's back legs aren't working. Her well, belly is twice the size as it should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Nothing to see she here. Was, perfectly you know fine. how a turtle gets on its back and then you see I it turtling? I think need a new vet. You, you see it turtling and it, it waffles around. This is no. what she was doing on her belly. Her belly was sticking out so much. She would like pivot to turn around because she didn't want to stand up. <laughs> She's figured out how to work you guys to get more treats. I think it's true. But anyway, so... Uh, I, this is kind of disgusting. Take like, uh, parents, get your children out of the room. So uh, after she had been are to the gonna, vet, are, are you going to be talking about how to express a gland here no, or something? No, yeah, no, no. This please, is better we're not than that. Doing this segment, are we? This is better than that. So oh, no. my my, damn it. She she came back from the vet. We were very relieved that she's okay, uh, but she's obviously got a problem. We don't, you know, but the the vet couldn't find anything. He really did a lot of checking on her, X-rays, the whole nine yards. So, but she got some pain medication and was able to take a walk. And uh, my youngest uh, reported back while on the walk, 
She just dropped a human-sized turd a foot long. <laughs> so she, All better. She was and she was, and she was levitating, coming back. She just it was like pulling a balloon. Well, yeah, she can't walk for a week. Hello. So oh. she's, she's just having a, a very backed-up issue. But we were really concerned about her. And yeah. people were camping out in the living room with her to make sure she wasn't by herself and all the rest of this stuff. So uh, th- this finally c- yeah, came to came to a head. Uh, pardon the pun. Uh, yesterday, day before. So it's really been a crazy time with us sure. doing things. So the the I just completely forgot about. I was just kind of been relaxing because the dog's okay. It's so silly. The dog is such an important member of the family. It, it, they they, they get that way so quickly. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tony, for sharing that story. And to you brand new listeners, this really is a Jeep talk show segment. Yeah, so hang no, on. We there. assure you that's not how we normally she's, uh, <laughs> she's being For this segment only, she's being renamed to Jeep. The Jeep. <laughs> Got it. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having multiple unique off-road vehicles ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. Man, hello, fellow Jeeper. I'm Josh, and we're glad you're here for this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. On this week's show, we have the latest from Jeep's production facilities, and the name badge fiascos continue. I swear it. They're just doing it at this point to piss me off. <laughs> I think and they I'm are. I'm going to teach you how to take a hose off with tape, and later we'll be discussing Jeep shows and whether or not you're going to be attending. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm going off on fires again. Really, people? So, I don't know if I mentioned this, so we've had a, an interesting situation here with our dog, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to strangle <laughs> I'm Tony, and you know, it can feel good to infect complete strangers sometimes. I don't even want to know. Already. The show's just begun. Gosh, I'm it's sorry, it's, new it's, listeners. It's, Trust it's, me, the information's really, really good. It's show groupies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I just wish we had a uh, more of a 50-50 male-female audience. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep brought to you by dog laxatives. They may be called painkillers, <laughs> but really they get things moving. <laughs> well, production has resumed for Jeep plants. For now. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, now remember a couple weeks back I was talking about plant shutdowns and layoffs and how this whole semiconductor shortage was to blame. I also told you that speculators were saying Stellantis, Jeep's parent company and dictator of how the plants are run, wouldn't come out of this slump until possibly fourth quarter or later. But don't worry, there is still plenty of inventory to go around and Jeeps are still being made to some extent. Well, now the Jeep plants in Detroit and Warren, where production was cut, are returning to full production capability starting this week. Now, this is all good news to be sure, especially since uh, some of the plants have been affected in some way or another since late March. But let me be the devil's advocate here for just a second and let you know that there are rumors circulating that the supply chain constraints, specifically within the semiconductor industry, will not be akin to a hose turning back on, but will actually ebb and flow for months. What that means is that the door for future shutdowns and layoffs could still be open to some degree. Not exactly what one would call job security, eh? Now, the Jefferson North Assembly Plant resumes full production of the Jeep Grand Cherokee and Dodge Durango SUVs. The Warren Truck Plant is restarting assembly of the Ram 1500 Classic pickup ahead of the launch of the Jeep Wagoneer SUV from the same facility. Well, that's good news. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are uh, are anxious to get back to work and, uh, you know, get back to doing what they're supposed to be doing instead of, you know, sitting there collecting unemployment or waiting for the union to do what they're doing. Or I'm not sure exactly how that's all working over there, uh, especially since I've, you know, heard like yeah, unemployment uh, benefits are coming back down or something like that. So, yeah, who knows uh, what these people are thinking? I, I, I'm me personally, I'm always opt to go back to work versus not working. So Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that there are others out there that feel the same way. I'm a little surprised they did this because there is a uh, a uh, uh, employment um, not glut. What do you call it? Well, there's not there's more jobs than there are people, and if you yeah. if you lay people off, the, ch- the chances are good in this environment that they're going to go find something else to do. And uh, yeah. it would seem to me that if you've got a, a workforce that you know and that you can rely on to do the job that you expect well, them to do. And you've trained them and spent the money exactly. to train them. Yeah, that you're going to try to do anything you can do to keep them around. To keep them, yep. Or at least keep them happy while they're, uh, you know, while you've cut back on stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a hard choice. Uh, I, I, I can see, you know, if you, if you don't have the money to pay, then you got to do something. But uh, it's, that's, that's difficult these days uh, uh, with the situation the way it is. You know, but then you're also talking about union members, and you know the union kind of helps uh, sort of, sort of be your benefactor, help you, uh, you know, help helps you, you know, make sure things, uh, you know, keep the lights on, the roof over your head, all that sort of thing, uh, help you out with, you know, uh, filing for the unemployment, all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure exactly how that all works. I had a roommate back in the day who was an electrician, and he worked for three months, and he was off for three months, and he'd work for a couple months, and he'd be off for like eight weeks, and I mean it's just really, really weird. But he was never ever really concerned about whether or not he'd be working because he was a union guy and he just didn't have to worry about it and he got paid really good money and all that sort of stuff now i don't think that the uaw is is really you know at the top of the pay scale or not you know you're you're just putting on lug nuts or you know operating a you know attack welder or something i'm you know i'm not sure exactly what these guys are getting paid who knows maybe they are making more money on unemployment I, i don't know but i i nonetheless i think that you know if if you're if you're an 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 auto worker you're going to be wanting to get back to work if that's what you do. Um, so, you know, versus jumping ship and going to a completely different line of work. I, I don't know. That'd be kind of a hard leap of faith. Well, there's more than one uh, auto uh, manufacturer out there. So you would think that uh, you could jump over to a uh, competitor. Well, Memorial Day just happened and the long weekend was awfully nice. Fired up the Weber every day and I even got some work done on the Jeep and the motorcycle too. Jeep celebrated Memorial Day by highlighting their lineup of military-inspired Freedom Editions. And you know how much Jeep loves special editions. Essentially, this is a styling package, as it has been in years prior. The Freedom Editions of 2021 have a unique exterior with an Oscar Mike star decal on the hood, as well as an American flag on the doors or front fenders. Buyers will also find matte black or satin carbon wheels, as well as black exterior accents. Special editions have a handful of interior touches as well, including Oscar Mike embossing or embroidery on the front seats. However, these special seats appear to be limited to just the Wrangler, Renegade, and Compass. The Freedom lineup has been expanded to include every Jeep model for 2021. Pricing starts at uh, just over 26 k for the Renegade, 27 for the Compass, and just under 28 for the Cherokee. Likewise, the Wrangler Freedom Edition begins at just over 36000 while the Grand Cherokee and Gladiator cost 37000 and 42000 respectively. For every Freedom Edition sold, Jeep will be donating $250 to the USO, United Service Organizations. Jeep Brand North America Vice President Jim Morrison also noted, At Jeep, we are proud of our military heritage, with origins that date back to 1941. And the Freedom Special Editions are a tribute to all who have served and continue to serve. 
This Memorial Day, we honor those who have made the greatest sacrifice for their country and support those who continue to serve through these special editions. Nicely put, and it goes without saying us here at the Jeep Talk Show share the same sentiments. If you end up grabbing one of those limited freedom edition Jeeps, be sure to call or write into the show and let us know what you think of it. So we here at the <clears throat> the Jeep Talk Show, specifically me, like coming up with these million dollar ideas. And I just had one while you were uh, uh, you know, so eloquently oh. reading this, uh, this story to us, Josh. Oh, I can't wait. I don't know why they haven't come out with a Whiskey Tango Foxtrot edition. Like maybe for the Renegade or the Compass. <laughs> that's <laughs> <the> ideal. <laughs> I'm saying that's a million dollar idea right there. People would buy and I that. I think uh, this next story might just be uh, the platform. I think this thing. might be what I what <laughs> caused cause me to think of this. Especially if the picture is any indication of what you're going to say. Well, that's just a little kindergarten what? Photoshop right there. It kind of <laughs> makes you wonder, would you rather it be long or wide or both? Uh, yeah, that was a whiz. couple episodes ago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, really? Jeep is about to make a seven-seater compact crossover SUV. <laughs> compact. <laughs> Jumbo shrimp, people. Jumbo no, shrimp. seriously. <laughs> Military intelligence. <laughs> now, over the years, Jeep has worked very hard to become a famous brand in many parts of the world, not just the United States. Now, recently, Jeep actually teased a new crossover SUV that's going to be sold in Brazil called the Commander. Now, for those who know, that nameplate has already <laughs> been used on other models in the past. I personally have touted that the 2006 to 2010 Commander should have been the continuation of the Cherokee XJ, but then it's a discussion for another show. Now, of course, in true Jeep fashion, the higher-ups couldn't have their heads any higher up their asses and have once again completely dropped the ball with the name badging. This generation of Commander will be nothing like those previous models. Gee, where have we seen that before? Really? The new, Commander, <laughs> the new Commander would be based on the Jeep Compass, which is a compact crossover SUV. Gee, now, so the main difference here between the Compass and the Commander <laughs> is that the Commander has three rows of seating because it's bigger, longer, and a completely different vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> So, because common uh, sense and originality are a completely dead resource in the executive side of the design branches, this means the compact SUV allegedly will have enough room to carry seven people. I don't know about you, but even four people in a compass is pretty tight. How Jeep, Jeep is planning to make seven people, all adults rather, comfortable inside of a compact crossover SUV is likely going to be a feat using principles of quantum technology and fifth-dimensional time-space alteration where two people are occupying the same seat at the same time but are somehow phased differently from each other or something. Right? Clean Probably your, not. Clean your mic tonight <laughs> before you go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeep, of course, isn't offering any real details on the commander other than the teaser video. Oh, of course. I didn't mention there was a video, did I? Well, we will have a link to that in the show notes for this episode. What we see in the video are dark outlines of the exterior. You clearly get the idea of the rough shape of the vehicle through these sweeping camera shots. The taillights remind me more of a Camaro than a Jeep, actually, which I found quite odd. Is it a smaller body on a Grand Cherokee platform? Is it nothing more than a stretched compass? That all remains to be seen. This new commander will be built and sold in Brazil, and there's no indication of ah, which, if any, other markets where the vehicle will be sold. So, what does that really mean for us here in the States, then? Well, other than dumb questions at the parts counter for some of you, what has <laughs> been brought for some has come home to roost here in the U.S. at least a couple times before. 
with examples like diesel Jeeps and the small micro ute segment with the Renegade, which has become a global hit in markets all over the world. And now recently rumors of an even smaller Jeep SUV. So we will soon see a, will we soon see a compact seven seater here in the US? Yeah, I think time will tell. So I think this was a unforeseen reaction to a COVID vaccination uh, that caused a Jeep executive to uh, think that they could use the Ant-Man PIM particle to fit more people into the, yeah. you know, it's just, you put a field inside there and as you get in, you get smaller. <laughs> Doors close. <laughs> yeah, you got to close the door first. You get this, I, this red glow. <laughs> no, it's called, honey, I shrunk the kids. Throw them in the back. No problem. We got room for seven. Let's go. So uncharacteristic, <laughs> uncharacteristically, I actually went for a more modern uh, reference, <laughs> Wendy, instead of well, going all the way back for the, the shrunk the kids one. <laughs> yeah, but that's how they're going to have to do it to get seven I'm adults saying, in there. I'm telling Seriously? you. Seriously? Come on. I don't know if this is going to happen. Usually with teaser videos, that means it's going to be a production vehicle, so... I don't know what to think about this, to be honest. It, it From what I have seen, artist uh, renditions of this thing, it is hideous. So, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> no, I, you know, and I kind of like the Commander. I, I, I had a soft yeah. spot for it. It was not a good Jeep. It was no. not a good vehicle. Um, uh, there are people who have them, who who like them and stuff, um, and and there are some unicorns out there. There's some diamonds in the rough, if you will. But the majority of the four or five year run for the uh, uh, for for the commander really did not produce many good vehicles. So um, you know what came out of that? Uh, that I think that was really the end of an era, uh, so to speak. And then we saw the uh, the rounding of the of, of the Jeep and. And well, the rest is history. So, uh, you know, again, this is just really kind of getting to my core because it's Jeep using a formerly used name badge on a completely different platform for something else. And it's that that's not what you do. So either call it something else, call it something closer to what it was or, you know, come up with a new idea for Rick's sake. Well, taking Hollywood's uh, lead, uh, we could have called it the Commander 2. <laughs> Well, Ford did that with the Bronco. And yeah, they, they exactly. Sell, I, yeah, you know, I've, you know, they did that with the Mustang. Did they do it with the Mustang? Was there a Mustang too? Mm, I can't. Remember. I don't know. There's people screaming at us out there. Fox Body guys are screaming at us uh, yeah. with the answer. So uh, I, uh, uh, the Commander, like you said earlier, it really looked like it was going to be a, a follow up to the XJ, to the Cherokee, uh, and a and a really good follow on. I mean, a nice design. In fact, if they had done that with the what was it, 2012, 2014 uh, uh, new Cherokee when they came out, then then I would have felt a lot better about it because the the design, the layout would have been more like that. But of course, it, 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 I got kind of excited when that came out. I was actually thinking about well, if I'm going to replace the Cherokee. Uh, this would be a good one to, to replace it with. It has more seating. It would fit all right. the all the kids would be able to fit in there. And, nice uh, inside. It's, it's roomy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the the seven uh, uh, what it had seven uh, uh, sunroofs or moonroofs or whatever on top. No, it did it. Yeah. It did Remember a that? That's that's really sunroof. cool. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, and it came with a V8, and then come to find out the V8 guzzled gas like there was no tomorrow. But yet it had no horsepower. So right. <laughs> who knows where that was going? <laughs> No, I think about the only good commander now is is one that had like an LS swap or or somebody that yeah. dropped a Hemi in it or something like that. You and know, a, and, and a straight axle up front, of course, because <laughs> yeah. it was IFS. That was the other problem with it. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was a bunch of issues with the commander. So, now it's got a completely... So, I'm, I'm wondering if they, like, okay, somebody else was thinking like me, right? So, the commander should have been like the Cherokee. And they're thinking, well, it kind of was, right? We just called it something different. And so, now they look at the what the Cherokee is now. And, well, that's basically just a compass. So, we're just going to call the commander the compass. Or the compass the commander. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And so, I don't know. Somebody should have been thrown out a window at that point. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. But as long as hey, somebody was hurt, a, you know, as long well, as somebody was injured, course. yeah. Maybe an example. First floor window. If you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, we've got an interview with Zach Galifant. I mean, uh, Zach Alshawish. I always get those two mixed up. Zach Alshawish is with Mid- Midland Radios. You don't want to miss this. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, since we're all eager to get out and wheel, have you noticed that there are a lot of overlanders and people just getting outside and living again? What What I noticed is the increased number of people camping from their vehicles. Today, it's referred to as overlanding, but back in my day, we called it camping. A lot of them are set up with rooftop tents or trailers they tow behind, and some are just taking their gear in whatever vehicle they have. I love that families are getting out and camping. You know, we, we did it as kids in tents, and it's what makes for great memories. Now, in episode 456, I talked about root fires, but this time I want to talk about illegal campfires. The problem I have with this is there are lots of people who have no clue about how to camp, how to pack it in, pack it out, And they also don't know about the rules in the area. Yes, there are rules to outdoor camping. For instance, in the San Bernardino National Forest, you can camp overnight in a lot of places. But there are no campfires allowed outside a designated campsite and only allowed in a designated fire ring. Not some makeshift ring created by rocks gathered from the area. So want to know how we know there are illegal campfires? Because of all the makeshift fire rings we see. Idiots gather rocks and create a ring that they then burn who knows what, and voila, they have a campfire. Probably sounds like a great idea because it's cold in the mountains. Our temps are dropping at night to about 38 to 40 degrees right now. I get it. You want to warm up, make some s'mores. Well, not in the forest during fire season, and actually ever. Now, how stupid do you have to be to not understand the fire danger in a mountainous region? I mean, really? So... The other day, I saw a news flash up here that some idiot, yep, that's their name, had an illegal fire nearer on John Bull Black Diamond Trail, and they left it smoldering, <clears throat> and it took off. Hikers found it and called the fire department. Well, that's all good, except there was no way for the fire truck to get to the fire. They don't have fully set up Jeeps with water tanks and firefighting equipment. If you have been on John Bull Trail or seen pictures, it's way out of the way and only accessible by Jeep or 4x4. Maybe some Toyotas. Last time I checked... <laughs> shots <laughs> fired. Shots fired. Now, okay, last time I checked, fire trucks don't fit that category. Now, these firemen drove as close as they could, then hiked in about a mile to take care of the fire. The firemen and the hikers doused the fire by hand with shovels. There's no hydrant in the middle of the forest, people. This could have been a huge disaster, not only for a major trail visited by thousands, but also the forest itself could have got up in flames. So, if you're camping, please learn the rules and regs of your region and try to display some common sense. Stay on the trails that are designated for camping and make sure fires are legal in that area and if you want the campfire experience. Or better yet, 
why don't you join our fireside chat each week? At least with our fireside chat, there's no danger of setting the forest on fire. Pretty sure about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure this topic gets your guys' blood boiling, but have you seen an increase in these fire rings? I mean, it's crazy how many are out there. Not here. Uh, and I just got to mention really quick, we got an emergency tweet from the State Department. Uh, it is undocumented fires, uh, Wendy. Not oh, illegal God. fires. Oh, shoot. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I might comply. <clears throat> you know, uh, Tammy, you, all right, you know, you mentioned, or Wendy's rather, you mentioned uh, uh, talking about, you know, a lot of overlanders out there. People uh, getting outside, yeah. camping out of their vehicles sure. and stuff like that. Uh, around here in Portland, uh, we call that homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of them. I no, forgot seriously. about that part. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I mean, I couldn't help but take a little bit of that with a, you know, kind of a, with a grain of salt because, you know, driving around here, anywhere in the Portland metro area, you go up any, any street and, uh, any ar arterial street, especially, or any around, uh, uh, any freeway overpass, things like that. And it's nothing but people living out of their cars. And uh, okay, I get overlanding. You know, you're camping long term, traveling out of you know out of your vehicle, and and you know making the best out of what you have and 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 the space that you have, and and sort of being very resourceful. I understand that, but when you're choosing to be homeless and doing that on the side of the streets instead of you know while you're exploring the uh, I don't know you know backcountry discovery route or something like that, there is a massive difference. Um, and, and so I just, yeah, yes, I am passionate about, about this topic, but from a, a completely different perspective. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the can't, you talk about campfires, <laughs> I mean, you can't drive down the street without uh, seeing a, a homeless campfire now anymore. So, um, it, it's ridiculous. And I, I, I know I'm kind of going off on a bit of a tangent that's not really related to the topic that you were, you were really stressing about. Mm -hmm. Um, but nonetheless, that, that does expand, especially out here with the wildfire season that we had just last year when virtually right. half of Oregon was burning. Yes, uh, you know, I know. Uh, counties, uh, zip codes just next to me being under eviction notice and stuff like that. So I, 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 mean, I don't want to see that in, in the wilderness and I certainly don't want to see it uh, here right now where I live either. Um, right. So with the improvised fire rings, uh, I, I've seen that to a certain extent out here. Probably not nearly as bad as, as what you got out there. But here, it's if you don't see the steel rings, you at least have a a stone ring in any other campsite. So they're there, even though they're not uh, necessarily improvised. They are set there and established by the uh, whoever you know is is managing the land, where it be you know mm -hmm. the Oregon Department of Forestry or uh, sure. you know, warehouse here or uh, you know uh, Bureau of Land Management, the real BLM. Um, you know they they will go ahead and, and set that stuff up and 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 it'll be there for use now. The ones where it's like a ring of like stones, no bigger than, you know, a golf ball. Mm -hmm. That's not really doing anything for anybody. And, and no. yeah, I've seen, I've seen stuff where it's, it's improvised burns, um, where they have pretty much just burnt their garbage and, and have left, you know, smoldering plastic and, and stuff like that. I mean, I've, I've seen, I, I've had a pullover. I think I got a video of it even. Uh, this is years and years ago. I'm coming down. I'm done wheeling for the day. I'm heading back to the staging area to air up. We're dirty. We're dusty. We're, we're tired. All that stuff. And I'm coming down this, this hill. And I got to slam on the bricks because I just saw something out of the corner of my eye. I back up and sure as shit, down the spur road, there it is. There's a fire smoldering like you wouldn't believe. Just a column of smoke coming up there. Wow. Nobody around. Nobody around whatsoever. 
Not like we just left to go, you know, up a trail real quick and come back. Right. We'll be right None back. None of the camping equipment was there. Everything was gone. Nobody wow. was around. And here we are with smi- with smoldering and, and small flames and stuff. So thankfully, I had fire extinguisher, a gallon of water, all that sort of stuff. Several other bottles of water. Used all the water first. Okay, this is good. Got the shovel in there. Stirred everything up. Made sure it's out on our way out. And uh, in- encountered a... Uh, um, uh, not sheriff department, uh, what do they call it? Um, no, the I'm rangers farting. of the forest. Ranger, thank you. Uh, encountered a ranger on the way down and let him know about it. And he went to go check it out to make sure that I had done my you know, done my job, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah I mean, well, it, it happens out there more than you would think. No, so, it's horrible. And it's the thing about it is that people don't even know how to put the fires out. So, great, <laughs> you put rocks around, you create the ring. Are you putting it? I mean, we talked about root fires, you know, the last episode that I talked about it, but... So maybe you've cleared that and you figured that out, but are you looking above? Well, what trees are hanging over? I mean, we see rings in the weirdest places. And so that's the right first thing. The tree. Se- yeah. And, <laughs> and secondly, it's got like three branches that are just completely bare. Yeah, it's like, oh, really? That's great. Well, that's lovely. <laughs> you, but the uh, other thing is they, they don't know how to put them out properly. So they're yeah. not prepared for that. You know, they're just driving along going, let's camp here tonight. Oh, it's chilly. Let's have a campfire. So I grew you up freaking pansies. All I can tell you is, is when I was a Boy Scout, <laughs> we had proper fires. There was no rock ring around those fires. Well, that's and fine. They, and they were within, you know, uh, six foot of the tent that we were in. And, and nobody taught us how to put out fires. We did it ourselves. We'd run to somebody else's fire and pee in it and run away. <laughs> I can't smell. It was horrible. And and if you can't have campfires when you're in Boy Scouts, you can't pee on them and piss people off. Pardon the pun. So I'm telling you, you kids today and your rings and your virtual fires that give no heat. I I remember as a kid knowing, but of course I played with fire a lot as a kid too. I remember how to to properly put out a campfire, whether I was taught that through Boy Scouts. Stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, exactly. third grade lesson learned early enough and then there's that too well and you know the the sad thing about it is with last year people being locked up for so long and they needed to get out i see this huge insurgence of overlanding to some degree whether it's a Just regular get the hell vehicle. out of the house well they are but they don't they're not taking the time to learn how to no they gotta get out of the I house see, now I, I see these problems gonna happen and creep up so i'm like all right yeah. I can at least say, look, let's not be doing that. You know, we can at least maybe have a little impact. So, I don't know. People, life is dangerous. (laughs) Do the best you can. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, listen, I also want to share a little teaser. Um, We are running an interesting trail event, including some big industry people. It's 25 hours of straight through driving very difficult trails starting in the afternoon on one day and ending, ending the following afternoon. Bill and I get the pleasure of leading the run, so we hope to make it an annual invitational event. I'll have more details about the event on next week's show, providing I'm still not sleeping at the time the show tapes. This uh, <laughs> this sounds like a golfing event, uh, Wendy. Are you guys golfing in the off-road setting? Because that no. would be pretty interesting. That would be different. No, we're going to be doing some pretty difficult oh, trails, oh. Probably, ten, probably 10 of them in 25 hours if we can do it. Now I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, piecing together an idea of you know double black diamond trails, but then you you have a tee, 
sitting up there and you know <laughs> off to the to the next trailhead and, and whoever gets close and whoever yeah. whoever yeah. has the best you know the best drive to the, the thing goes oh. first or something I or somebody we'll shanks it, it into the next trail yeah. and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to do the by if they shank it they have to go to the bypass that's right <laughs> and they lose we'll points jeep golf. yeah jeep golf that's well well, well no I, jeep talk I show am, golf it, it originated here Attentively uh, interested, depending on how soon this is going to happen. I uh, I got some progress done on the Jeep, but I'm I'm still quite a ways away from uh, having <laughs> it, it. Looks done like a home. grenade went off in the middle of that thing. <laughs> I saw those pictures. <laughs> <Not> right now, <laughs> he's almost finished. Right. Yeah. <laughs> progress has been made. I didn't say which direction. I'm digging myself yeah. deeper down the, down the rabbit hole. But well, as soon as you uh, get that ready and you get yourself down here, we'll get you on some of these trails. Heck yeah, It'll be fun. So. All right, well, reach out and let us know your newbie story. Or if you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets, I'd love to hear about it. If you want more information, check out my YouTube channel on Trails 411 with more tips, tricks, and techniques. You know, or if you'd just like to uh, con- confess to uh, Wendy and uh, be absolved of your sins or uh, making a ring of fire or something, call in with that too. I'm sure we would, uh, <laughs> I'm sure she would consider uh, giving you absolution. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> We did the monkey last week. Oh, I know. This is this will be a good one for the uh, the gladiator talk. So, <laughs> with this with this newfangled Wait, is that our audience? Hold on now, Tony. <laughs> Pretty much now. <laughs> I always think of uh, I always think of a, I can't say my wife cuz I get in trouble. I always think of the woman that says I haven't shaved my legs and her rubbing her legs together making that noise. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> with you know, the little stubble the the girls you dated holy shit <laughs> I don't even know what the heck he's talking about move on <laughs> <laughs> with this newfangled gladiator tracking software that's tied to the vehicle I can see the last time the glad went for a ride it was May 30th people a good four days ago we still have less than a thousand miles on it I need to see if gas shortage is still going on, and uh, if it isn't, I'd like to take a nice country drive into Central Texas one weekend soon. Wait, wait, I have a question. So, you drove the Jeep four days ago, but you can't remember, so you need the software to help you to remind you that? I don't understand. I did not drive it. That makes it easier for you to... to, to I, I, I wasn't the one that drove it. My wife did. Okay. She drives so. it more. She, she drives it more often than I do. I don't have any place else to go. I'm not putting a mask on and going into a store. Screw you, people! I don't. I'll just order the shit Texas. and have it delivered you guys to are me. Maskless. No, no. About? the The businesses it's the businesses can still do it uh, if they if they want if they want to request it. They can do it. If you're a government entity inside of Texas, uh, Governor Abbott says no. You can't make people wear masks and stuff. So if you want to go get sick at the uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> driver's license place, you can go go do it. Breathe on everybody. <clears throat> So this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, I was hoping to put on the two-inch uh, Mopar lift, uh, but other stuff came up. I mentioned the dog issue, and that that really took a, a, a damper, and there was some work stuff that came up too. Besides putting on the uh, the lift, uh, I will just point out how badly I will need those 35-inch Nexen Rodian, <laughs> Rodian MTX tires to balance out that lift. You know, There's a big delay. You've heard that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, I, I was told that they're having a problem getting those things into the country. So, yep. Uh, but have you I don't, have you seen the posts that we've been getting from people buying the Nexons and just being very happy that For they- these tires smell like cocaine. No wonder they can't get them. <laughs> <laughs> they've been very no, happy with the- great, uh, Yeah. Some yeah. good response and people actually testing them out and happy with their performance. I'm just glad people are listening to us because, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean- 
getting somebody to change tire brands is pretty difficult. I mean, you you know, you they're expensive. You're going to have them for a long time. Nobody can generally afford to to try them out for a month, and if they don't like them, buy something else. So yeah. we really appreciate the the people that have uh, trusted us and tried those and. Uh, you're getting good reports uh, from from everybody that uh, has them. I, I know one person was confused about how much to air down though, because they kept letting air out and it didn't look like any air was coming out because <laughs> it those sidewalls are really, really, really tough. I like that. So uh, we recently, uh, and speaking of getting out in the Gladiator, I, I mean, I don't have to have a lift and a bunch of other stuff d- done to it to actually get out, uh, maybe go to an off road park. And we spoke with some Zoom people uh, in a recent after show chat about meeting up at an off-road park. Now, I'm not ready to, show, uh, to tow the Cherokee out yet, but I could certainly drive the Gladiator to the, to the off-road park. Cool. How, how many people would be interested in a Central Texas meetup? I'm thinking, Wahoo. yeah, I'm thinking Hidden Falls Off Road Park. It's uh, it's kind of in between Austin and Marble Falls, closer to Marble Falls. Uh, if if you're interested in getting off road and uh, maybe doing a Jeep talk show meetup at uh, Hidden Falls, uh, contact me uh, if you'd be interested, and we can kind of get something scheduled up. And I might even be able to get us a discount depending on how many people are going. Uh, I've uh, I haven't spoken with the folks at Hidden Falls uh, in in a while, a couple of years, but they were very supportive of the Jeep Talk Show, and I think that they might be open to uh, doing us a, doing us a deal. So just contact me at jeeptalkshow.com. Just look at there, and you'll see all the ways that you can contact us. Well, I think that brings another point. We need to start working on our badge system if people are going to Jeep with us. Oh, that's right. That, that was a really mm-hmm. good idea. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do that now. If you have that meetup and then, uh, you know, Jeep and Moe's been out a couple times and pretty soon they're going to come visit you, Josh, as soon as you get your Jeep going. I want my uh, my badge to say, uh, uh, great face for radio. I've wheeled with Yes, Tony. you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> great face for radio. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. If you're curious about Hidden Falls Adventure Park, you can go to HiddenFallsAdventurePark.com. It's, it, yeah, it's that long. Well, apparently, we have a five-star review on Apple Play. Don't act surprised. So, well, no, I'm not. I shouldn't. Wait. Hey, guess what? Apparently. Five-star review. Woohoo! <laughs> Some jackass gave us five stars. What was he thinking? I don't know. Look at this guy. The drinking but, uh, game's paying to- off. Apparently, we need to do that. <laughs> Let me start over. So, Tom, Mudrunner in Arizona, you gave us a five-star review on Apple Play. Now, this is what Tom said, which is kind of confusing. I'm not sure if he – did he call this in, Tony, or he wrote this in? No, this is, this is a written review on uh, the Apple Play Store. Okay, so this is what he said. Worked mods. Hey, guys. Aggie is great as always. Hmm. Haven't had a chance to get to the Zoom meeting. Anyway, around my area, we have a guy with the Gladiator, fairly stock, with a huge wing on the back. And I mean a wing like the tuners run, but very tall. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds funny. Also on the wheel debate about rim size, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, I'm not a 20 and up fan. However, most of these new Jeeps can't go down to a 15 inch. I didn't realize that on the, on the Gladiator. So 16 inch is a, a, the minimum that he can go. And if anyone is running a big brake kit, then you would need to run a 17-inch or larger for clearance, which in his case is a 37-inch by 37-inch by 17-inch rim and big brake kit. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Tom. We really appreciate that. So I think 37s on a 17 is just fine. I believe that's what uh, what uh, Don runs on his Jeep or the yeah. the, uh, the other Jeep, and it's probably on this Jeep too. And I think that's probably what you guys do. The you run the 37-inch. Uh, 
uh, Nexons on uh, on a 17 inch re- a wheel. What our rim is? It, that sounds about right, though. But but obviously, if you're going to do an off road vehicle, the more sidewall, the better, because you know airing down better grip. If you have less sidewall, then you're going to have uh, potentially less grip. It just really depends on the overall the ratio between the wheel and the tire. So 17 inch on uh, on 37, sure. Uh, 17 inch on 33s, maybe not so much. I'm more curious about the big wing. Well, and that's what I'm I want to talk about. you got to get on the social media, Josh. He actually I'm, sent I'm me a picture of this. And oh, I thought... Oh, okay. I thought the... You didn't see it? I thought no. the I thought the wing was on a vehicle parked uh, to the, the to the other side of the Gladiator. Oh. I really oh. had to look at it. And it, he's, it's true. The thing is probably seven feet in the air. Oh, it's gosh. It's just insane. And, you well, know... I, I was thinking it was a wing kind of like, you know, the old Mopar Plymouth Super B, you know, that had the big, huge wing on the back of it. I actually included an image in the show notes for, for reference here uh, in, uh, in in this part of the... Which you uh, people can't see. Which <laughs> of I course. But I can't, but and I'm laughing. look up the Plymouth Super B, and any of, any of you hot rod guys out there, any, any yeah. gearheads out there know immediately what I'm talking about. And I have seen those in my area and down in California... Of you know the 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 Dodge Ram pickups having yep. these kinds of wings on them, they look retarded. I, I mean, <laughs> it's it's stupid. I you know why you would? I mean, okay, I guess it is a rear wheel drive vehicle, you know. But I mean, come on, it's not going to hit two hundred up to speed on that <laughs> with a pickup to where you're going to need that kind of a downforce. Nor even if you are, you. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's Gladiator. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, if it wasn't on, you know, a sort of a superimposition, uh, you know, optical illusion type of thing, um, then it might have been something like this. It is Mopar, uh, so guys are probably just taking it to the nth degree and applying it to a vehicle they shouldn't, but, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe he sent the uh, sent it to the Jeep Talk Show inbox, so I'm going to have to dig around, and if, if you didn't see it, Wendy, then uh, it must I- have been someplace where... Uh, you don't uh, you don't normally look. So I'll see if I yeah. can't find that, or maybe Tom will send it to us. Uh, maybe he'll post it yeah. up on the, uh, the G- picture, Jeep Tom. Talk Show Facebook uh, page or, that, or, a group. or info at, and then we'll post info it. Info at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. Hey, Jeep Talk Show, this is Nate from Michigan. Just wanted to share my experience with you this past weekend on Saturday. We get home from dinner, and, you know, we get Amazon packages delivered probably, I don't know, a couple of days, it seems like. So uh, we get home from dinner, and my daughter walks through the door, opens up the Amazon package, is sitting on the table, and says, starts yelling, Dad! Why did you get a bag of rats? So I thought that was pretty funny. I started laughing and explaining it to her awesome. what they were for. So haven't got the uh, tags in the mail yet, but looking forward to getting those out there. So hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you later. See ya. Oh, Amazon awesome. bag of rats. You know, you, you just can't write stuff like that. It's, it's no, that's perfect. so cool. Rats. 
So it's been a long time coming, but the Bagel Rats and Toe Tags are in the hands of our listeners slash volunteers. It's amazing how much effort it goes into getting 20 Toe Tags per user printed, cutted, cutted, (laughs) distressed. (laughs) I'm just going with it. And mail. We did a whole segment on Josh's uh, Botton, so (laughs) (laughs) we're just going to go with it. And mailed out to 15 people just... 15 people it was a lot of effort that's a lot of work that's only 300 rats and toe tags now it's up to you uh 15 volunteers to start a buzz about this rat bastard thing and of course you listeners out there that are not part of the handing out the tags can help too post about ratbastard.lol on social media that's ratbastard.lol and in the meantime, you can still become a paid subscriber to the show and, you know, support this effort another way uh, financially. We uh, have another goodie in the works, so stay tuned to find out what it is. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, currently for those that are uh, uh, in the $39.95 or higher uh, paid subscriptions, you get a, a Jeep Talk Show honor badge that you can put on your uh, on your Jeep or really anywhere you like. We, we like seeing them on the Jeep because it's good advertising. And uh, they're really nice uh, honor badges. Uh, they really stand out. You can uh, see some of these over on either the Jeep Talk Show uh, group or page. So go over there and, and check them out and see how they look. So this other goodie uh, that uh, we're coming up with will also go on your Jeep. And uh, I'm not going to say anything more about it until we uh, until actually I have them in my hot little hands. Teasers. We like teasers. <laughs> <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week, Josh, you talked about the uh, Jeep Grand Wagoneer costing upward over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. And you said that that's the most expensive Jeep to date. Uh, I beg to differ. Oh, uh, okay. my 1996 Jeep Cherokee XJ. Uh-huh. Is uh pretty much surpassed that price, <laughs> and uh, about ninety thousand dollars of it is in crank position sensors. Yeah, <laughs> the yes. other thirty thousand dollars is in control arm bushings. <laughs> well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I have an addiction to cheddar cheese. Oh, yeah, it's mild. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later, and you have a good one. Bye. He, he wakes oh. up he sits up straight in bed and he has to write it down because it came to him in a dream all these uh <laughs> all these jokes <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> who's the guy who's the one that said take my wife please i mean yeah i think he's being haunted by uh <laughs> shelly something or another <laughs> Chris, I've been hearing on the news there's some really great deals to be had on trade-ins. Yeah, Tony, thank you. First of all, my name is Chris Godwin. I'm the owner of South Fork Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. And, Tony, we really thank you for your business. It was not just us selling a vehicle or you buying one. We were able to build a strong relationship, and I'm glad that uh, we're now together and talking about Jeeps. But, yeah, the world news, if you've heard it, is talking about if you have an extra car in your driveway or you want to trade, now is the time, whether you want to sell it outright to South Fork Dodge or you want to 
uh, traded in for a new one. Inventory is tight, but we have plenty of it because of our new Jeep facility. So if you're wanting to buy a new Jeep, Dodge Ram, any of it, come see me, and I can guarantee you an outstanding value on your vehicle right now. With tight new car markets, that makes used car trade-ins worth. There's no off-leases coming to the dealership, so we have to get them from customers, and that means paying top dollar. Man, that's great. I am enjoying the hell out of my Gladiator, Chris, and I thank you for making it such a wonderful experience. To go over to South Fork, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, uh, located in uh, Manville, Texas? Manville, Pearland. Most people say Pearland. It's at 288 and Magnolia Drive, right one exit past 518 in the Pearland Town Center. Call 1-800-LOW-PRICE, ask for Chris, the owner. I'd be glad to take care of you. So I want you guys to go over to South Fork uh, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. I only had to do it about 10 times before I could remember it. Uh, and uh, go over there and visit them. They are just south of Houston, not very far, just just south of uh, of Houston. And uh, it, it was a, it really is a very nice facility. I went over there uh, last Saturday to pick up the plates with the Gladiator, and uh, got to to, uh, to meet uh, with uh, uh, Deadpool uh, again. And uh, that's what I wanted to mention to you guys. If you go over there, Deadpool was the number one uh, salesperson last month. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's getting all kinds of awards. So I want you to go to South Fork Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram and go in there. And I don't care who comes up and talks to you. You say in a cleared, unwavering, loud voice, I want want to talk with Deadpool. (laughs) I want to see Deadpool. Yes, that's his name. <laughs> I am not setting you up. <laughs> no, really. This this man has legally changed his name to Deadpool. We've seen the documentation. I was I was really nervous. He was uh, uh, he he was uh, suggested by a listener uh, to me, and I was really nervous with dealing anybody that would be nutty enough to actually change their name to a, a movie character. Uh, but uh, it worked out good. He's a good guy, and uh, he will really work really hard. Uh, to give you a good deal, and uh, just tell him uh, if, if you if you buy a vehicle there and you don't get a cake, ask him where your cake is. <laughs> he gave me a cake. He should give them a cake too. <laughs> Put pressure on him, poor guy. <laughs> I think he's I think he's doing it for everybody anyway. So, but it's still funny. So <laughs> I could just see him going, "Oh, uh, yeah, hang on just a second. <laughs> he rushes out to go get a cake. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, over the decades, the engine compartment of any given Jeep on the road seems to be built with more and more hoses. Oh, sure, you got your standard coolant, fuel, and brake lines, but there seems to be miles of vacuum lines in a Jeep now, too. Now, depending on the year and model of your Jeep, you too will have various vacuum hoses or other, you know, hoses that transport air, vacuum, or fluids of some kind from one area of the engine to another. Now, this is usually to feed or control something or to provide input to a sensor or other control unit. Hoses, no matter the kind or the purpose, will wear out over time. Sometimes all you need to do is replace or service a component and the hose needs to be removed. Maybe it's worse and you have a hose that needs to be replaced because it's developed a leak or has a split. Others may crack or become brittle. Sometimes you're lucky and it's just the very end that has been stretched out over time and keeps coming off. Here's a quick tip. Cut the end back by a quarter inch and you should get a good seal as good as new. Now, sometimes that hose you're trying to remove has created a chemical bond to the mating surface of whatever it's connected to, and nothing shy of a crowbar, blade, and a freaking torch is going to get the damn thing off. But sometimes, all it takes is a little rotational force to break things free. 
if that hose is in a hard to reach spot or there's not enough room to get a good grip on it, then you may be forced to use a pair of hose pliers to get the room to make the removal easier. Well, what if you don't have a pair of hose pliers? It's a very specialty piece of equipment, a very specialty tool. Why would everybody have one of those? Now, thinking of uh, just maybe going to town on that hose with a uh, pair of channel locks, maybe? Why, yes, I was, Mr. Podcast Guy. Well, think again. You may get it free, sure, but you may end up damaging the bung, nipple, or fitting that the hose is attached to. You may even break it off completely. You don't want if you, if you don't have a pair of hose pliers and you need something for extra grip and leverage, but don't want to risk damaging anything, try wrapping the working end of a pair of regular pliers with hockey tape. You don't have any of that around, you can't get it or don't know where to look for it. Well, some medical tape or waterproof first aid tape will also work very well. By wrapping the ends several times over with the tape, you can create a pair of pliers that have plenty of grip, but that are also a lot more forgiving. This will prevent damage to the hose, completely eliminate any marring whatsoever, and possibly even keep you from damaging other components. Don't want to damage the hose. You know, I shuddered. That's such a great idea. I Go shuddered ahead. when you said uh, damaging the nipple. I just, oh, God, that's... I the- knew. <laughs> Glad you just kept I on can't going, Josh. Write nipple in the show notes. Not think that. Ah, oh, crap. Tony is gonna. He's oh, gonna. Oh, get come to this. on. You think it too? Don't give me. He's a- gonna jump all over that. Oh well, yes. <laughs> no, but but seriously, Josh, fact, this is a really this is a really good idea. I mean, I just I wouldn't have thought of that myself, and I think it's excellent. I'm gonna yeah, because to- you know. A lot of the hoses in, inside your engine compartment are custom made. I mean, meaning yep. that they are pre-bent and, and, and formed to, you know, wrap around or, you know, contour to areas uh, or clear a component or something like that. And uh, if, if you don't want to replace that or want to, don't want to take the chance of, oh, well, that's a special order item and we don't have it in stock. And now you ha- you're facing downtime because you damaged a hose that you otherwise could have, you know, not damaged um you know just by you know because you're replacing one component or you're doing a service or you know something like that i mean you know even if you're doing something as simple as you know a a radiator flush or you know heater core flush or something like that you know there's a lot of hoses you're gonna have to remove for that process to happen and if you screw something up oh yeah you're you're gonna have to replace a hose and sometimes the hoses aren't exactly cheap so would would this also work to reach a hose that was hard to get to maybe, and you're using this tool to maybe grab it instead of yeah, because your hands maybe can't fit in there? Yes. Yes, because, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're, you're underneath other components. Sure. You're trying to yep. just, you know, the ends of your fingers, and you can barely open them enough to get around the hose to begin with, let alone get any okay. leverage or, you know, grip strength. And, I, you know, let's be honest, not everybody has got grip strength like a mountain climber, a rock mm-hmm. free, you know, a free, free climbing rock climber. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, you're going to have to use tools. And yes, there are usually specialty tools that will make the job a lot easier, but not everybody has a specialty tool for every, you know, special circumstance. So you're going to have to get, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, creative. You have to use some ingenuity, if you will. And this is one of those times where a little bit of ingenuity and something out of the junk drawer, you know, comes together and suddenly creates a solution perfect for what you need. I'm going to look into hose clamps because I I think I could really use that because like you say, it's usually even even when the hose is right there where you can get your whole hand around it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't have enough strength to twist it. And if right. you, if you put something on there that didn't hurt as you were you know squeezing as hard as you can, because that's usually what happens to me. I, my fingers start hurting, or or my hand starts hurting, and or I just can't quite get the grip uh, that I need to, to twist it. But yeah, once you twist that hose, it usually comes off pretty easy. Exactly. Yeah, that rotational force is breaking it free. 
and then you can go ahead and slide it off of, of whatever it's mounted to very easily. Uh, but it's that breaking it free that usually you have to break that bond. And, and oftentimes that's not easily done with your fingers. So you, you got to have a tool and, and this can get it done. Well, if you have anything to add, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Wendy. No, I just said I like it. It's a great suggestion. It's, it's good. Thank you. Do you think that's going to be something that you guys might uh, might add to your, your toolbox? Is that some, maybe a roll of this tape just to have yes. on hand? exactly what I wrote down because I think you just never know when that might happen and you know Bill's always doing some tinkering and I'm sure he knows about it if not I'm going to share it with him but definitely going to put it in a toolkit because you never know on the trail somebody else might need it so somebody else might need it exactly where there you go well like I was starting to say if you have anything to add maybe you have a question for tech talk let us know Uh, I'm actually looking for some suggestions right now so if you uh, have a topic that you would like some uh some uh Something expanded on, you want a little bit of answer, uh, you know, a question answered. Uh, something you're stuck on in a current project. Let me know what you're what you're facing. Might be able to help you out. Hi, this is Randall Spear from Dana Aftermarket, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Hey guys, it's Jeep Mama, aka Tammy. Um, sorry, I didn't get a Jeep wipe in for today, but it's been a crazy week. Um, We have been trying and trying to get an electrician to come into our shop to let us know what we need to do to get our machine shop machines running. And it looks like um, to get three-phase brought in here, it's going to be $250,000 because um, they would have to run power lines and transformers and excel, you know, the big corporation. You know, they don't have enough money, so they try to weasel it out of small businesses. And plus, we realized how poorly constructed the electricity is here. That makes any sense. And we'd have to rewire the whole building. So we're like, uh uh-uh. So we got out of our deal with the the former owner, which now she's the the new owner. And we have moved, we have been moving this whole shop all week. I'm exhausted. I think we've moved 12 vehicles and all the equipment we have here. You know, an alignment rack, and a lathe machine, and a brake lathe, and just, it's, I'm exhausted. Anyway, we have a new location. We're going to be spending the weekend trying to get it up back up and running. Sorry I didn't do a Jeep life. I was going to update everyone on me and my status, but here you go. So, um, hopefully we'll see you guys next week, and um, we are now at 229 Adams in Monta Vista. So it's been a fun week. Talk to you guys later. Bye. That's never a good situation when you have to move, and you haven't been there really long enough to, uh, uh, no, you know, to get used it, to the old move. I mean, you it's have like co- four months or something. Yeah, it's like she re- said, re- right? Recuperate, recuperate from the old move. I hate moving. Wow. God, moving is I a know. pain. You, you never realize how much crap you have until you move. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've said it before. Uh, I know I've said it offline. Uh, Tammy, take care of your life first and foremost. I mean. Uh, we love hearing from you, and I know our listeners do too, but uh, life and family and, you know, all that stuff comes a lot, <laughs> way before a podcast does. From around the world, <laughs> or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. 
Alrighty, ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. We're going to be talking with Zach. Uh, he is the product manager at Midland Radio, overseeing the GMRS product services, uh, product lines, which consist of micromobiles and walkie-talkies. We, in the ham radio field, we call them handy-talkies. Uh, <laughs> he has worked in product management for eight years and currently sits on the product, uh, product advisory board of Missouri State University. Midland Radio is the official communication sponsor of Jeep Jamboree, and Zach attends multiple Jeep Jamborees annually. Oh, you lucky bastard. You can, <laughs> you can find out more information about Midland Radio and their products at MidlandUSA.com. We'll, of course, have that link in our show notes. Zach, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Tony, thank you so much for having me on. We're excited to, Midland's excited to get to be on the Jeep Talk Show. So, Zach, uh, you know, we were uh, uh, just talking briefly about the uh, Jeep Jamboree, and I think that's really cool that you guys have a presence at Jeep Jamboree, and uh, you, you go out there specifically to help people learn more about the Midland radios. Yeah, you know, our, our radios aren't too complex, but um, there's still enough functionality and features to them that people have some questions here and there. And if ever there's an issue with, like, antenna mounting, things like that, it's, it's just good to have somebody who knows radio around so they can quickly fix the issue. And um, for me, it's a lot of fun because I get to go out and I get to do these events and uh, you know, spend a lot of time in the, in the vehicle going through these obstacles. And, uh, it, you know, it's just a blast. So we're, we're excited that, uh, you know, we get to be the official communication sponsor for Jeep Jamboree. And I'm personally excited that I get to attend a lot of these events. Oh, yeah. From what I understand, it's really cool. Uh, you know, we just, uh, the Jeep Talk Show just recently picked up a 2021 Jeep Gladiator, got it all uh, decked out or in the process of getting a lift and some uh, larger tires on it. And uh, I went and looked to see if uh, Jeep Jamboree was, uh, if there was anything available in the Texas uh, uh, area. And they've all passed. And the, the ones that are coming up in the next like six months are, are full. So it's a very popular thing. It's it's actually kind of cool that you have an in that you can get in on these uh, jamborees just uh, because of your uh, relationship with Midland. So uh, what vehicle do you drive uh, if it's the same one? Uh, what vehicle do you drive at a Jeep Jamboree? I'm hoping it's a Jeep. It, it is a Jeep. I don't think they'll let you in if you if you don't have a Jeep. God they bless may. them. <laughs> they may let you buy, but uh, I've, I've never seen anything other than a Jeep there. But typically, they're all uh, gladiators or, um, you know, the Rubicon Wranglers, like a JKJL. Mm -hmm. um, we go in a JK, a 2020, um, and it's uh, we've got a, a three-inch suspension on it and uh, some 35-inch tires. So the stock JK will uh, work for most of these events. But you mentioned uh, you, you looked at the, to the Texas events. I went to both of the Texas events, Texas Spur and Palo Duro. And uh, some of these are, are pretty rough, like... Uh, like Texas Spur, you're rock crawling the whole time. And that, that JK we had, uh, it was before we had the lift. It, it barely made it through. So you've got to, you do have to soup them up a little bit. But typically, yeah, the, uh, the Wranglers, what we, what we have for one vehicle. And then um, our other vehicle, we have a second sponsor driver. He does a Gladiator. All right. How does the Gladiator do out there? You know, the Gladiator is long, so it, it's kind of tough on some of these breakover angles. Yeah. But um, our driver, I think he has 37-inch tires, and he's got a suspension, so he, he gets through pretty pretty easily. So I'm sure you guys have some sort of wrap or something on there that says Midland, but what's the primary color of the Jeep? Um, so the primary color for the Gladiator is black, and actually I think the, the Wrangler is black as well, so I think they're both black. But we've got, uh, we do have, uh, they're not wraps, we have the 
mech magnets on both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's our logo with, um, you know, blue, uh, like blue features and like stripes and whatnot through it. it they, they look really, they look really good. We, we enjoyed uh, getting to design the mech magnets with uh, Monica. And I think you had her on your show recently as well. Yeah, we did. I, I just got to say really quick, I've, I've played the fail sound because red would have been the bright answer, Zach. The red is always the color for the proper color for a Jeep, not black. You know, uh, <laughs> you're probably right there. If it makes you feel any better, I think the Gladiator has red wheel well. So, I mean, well, we've got some red on there. That's but. something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are, how are the mech magnets uh, holding up uh, on the, uh, the, the Jeeps, the Midland Jeeps? Well, they're fantastic. Um, and I can tell you, the drivers love having them, or at least our, our sponsor drivers love having them because... Some of these uh, obstacles you go through are tight. There's brush on the side of the road. And, uh, you know, a wrap doesn't hold up as well as, you know, these magnets. They're very durable. Um, they hang on. And, and once they're on, you know, they're, they're not going to just come off easily. So they do a great job protecting the vehicle. You can do awesome custom logos on it, which is what we've done. And uh, we like them and the drivers appreciate having them because it protects their vehicle. Do you think the, the 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 logos and the graphics that you have on there are as bright and as sharp as what it would have been with a uh, like a wrap or a sticker? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, they they get a fantastic color out of them, and uh, I, I wish I could show you a picture. I'll, I'll probably text you some maybe uh, after this. Sure. But yeah, the the color and the scheme, the whole uh, uh, the whole design that we have with the mech mag, it, it really sticks out. It's got. It, it's just fantastic color and it, it pops for sure. Well, maybe I'll have to because I've got the I've got the the Jeep Talk Show logo on the sign of the Gladiator. Uh, I'd love to have some of those mech magnets on there. Maybe what I'll do is I'll see if I can uh, get some design so that they match up exactly with the stickers, and then I have some protection on the Gladiator whenever I take it because uh, it's it's invariably going to go off road. It's meant to, meant to be a tow vehicle, but I'm sure I'm going to take it off road. And uh, it, it reminds me of that scene uh, in. Uh, uh, airplane where uh, I think it's uh, oh I can't remember the actor's name but he comes in there with a set of sunglasses and he pulls the sunglasses off and there's another pair of sunglasses in there it'd be the same thing with the logos <laughs> that's right you'd be double protected and, and I think um, the gladiators they're all steel too right they're not aluminum no the, um, the doors are aluminum oh they are so and, and I can tell you the same is true I think for our JK we have and uh, the mech magnets even though they've got the aluminum surface for the for the Gladiator and JK, they hold extremely tight to the frame, but below it. So, um, yeah, I remember Monica yeah, you could, talking. You could about have that. double protection. Yeah, I, t- I remember Monica talking about that. They came up with a new uh, technology for the uh, the Ford, like the Ford pickups too, because they're all aluminum bodies now, and uh, so they have a, a technology for that. So you don't have to have uh, the the magnet uh, capability with the with the steel anymore. So anyway, enough about that past interview. But it's it is a great product. You guys should check out the Mech magnets. Um, the, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about what Midland does <laughs> in the radio world. Now you guys have been known for CBs for a very long time. Well, well back into the, gosh, I mean, probably into the seventies if, if I'm remembering uh, correctly. Uh, but, uh, you guys do more than CBs now. Of course, people can still get CBs from you guys, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we still have CBs right now, but we have, we've really shifted our focus to the GMRS technology and, uh, and, you know, we kind of talked about a bit beforehand, the, the range is just far superior to what you can get with CB. The voice clarity is just seems to be much better. You know, it's not mumbled like uh, like a lot of seat times when you're talking on CB. Um, 
And, you know, the, they do, it does require an FCC license, but I think the license is like $35 now and it covers 10 people in your family for 10 years or something ridiculous. So yep. um, it just seems to be the way to go. And, and we've recently actually got Jeep Jamboree to, uh, you know, go from CB to GMRS as their official uh, communications. So there, all the Jeep Jamborees, you'll, you'll need to have some form of GMRS radio, which you could do a walkie-talkie, but if you want to get maximum range and be in communication with everyone, the, the micromobile is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. The external antenna is always uh, is always going to be better on any radio, uh, but <clears throat> it does make the installation a little more complex. And I guess that was the thing I was thinking about earlier whenever you're out there advising people. Yeah, the radio operation is pretty straightforward, uh, but uh, where to mount the antenna, uh, how to mount it properly so that you get a counterpoise, a ground plane, if you will. Uh, for it to operate properly and uh, make sure that it has the the right kind of uh, uh, SWR, uh, so it doesn't damage the the radio, the tra- radio's transmitter. Uh, those are all key things that a lot of people don't fully understand. And I'm sure there's going to be some folks out there that really have had no experience with uh, two-way radio before that's going to need some some basic information. Sometimes it's just a pat on the back to let them know they're doing okay, kind of a confidence builder. Absolutely, but yeah, you're you're 100 right. I think I would say probably three quarters of like the questions we get or like people calling customer service, we fix it by uh, making sure the antenna is grounded and like free of obstruction. So um, the, the radio, it's pretty simple. You, you plug it in and go, but if, if you want to get, you know, good reception or best reception, you've, you've really got to focus on making sure the antenna is mounted properly. So you mentioned that you have uh, three MXT 275s. Do you just use the standard antenna or do you, have you uh, upgraded to like our ghost or 6DB antenna? Well, I actually went with uh, something else that I found. Uh, I, I, it, I can't remember, remember the brand that it was, but it's basically probably what is what you refer to as a ghost antenna because it's one of those uh, very uh, 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 the diameter of the the whatever you call it the holder for the antenna is very large, and but it's very short because it's seventy centimeters. You don't really need a super long antenna. But I'm sure there's still Logan coil in there, but I wanted to keep it very uh, unnoticeable for the fam. They, uh, <laughs> they're not, uh, you know, when you're, when you're into radio, you get re- get really get into it. You don't mind a big antenna on there. Cause it's kind of like, look at me, you know, I'm a radio person. But, uh, when you're getting the family into the GMRS, you kind of want to keep it low key. And I went with the NMO mount so that, uh, if need be, I can always put a, a, a bigger antenna, a longer antenna on there to get, uh, more range. So right now it's just kind of like, I think what it is, is, is basically that ghost antenna you're talking about. Isn't that the one that's kind of big around, but short? Yeah. Yeah. Ours is like three inches, but, uh, probably a couple inch diameter. Yeah. Something like that. that sounds right. So that's what I'm using yeah, on there. So on, on, uh, and I yeah. put it on the co- the cowl, uh, mounted it right on the cowl on the passenger side so it doesn't obstruct their vision at, at all while they're driving the uh, the TJs. It's, the, all three of them are TJs. Very good. And you, you said you had it uh, on the cowl? Yeah. Uh, just uh, where the, uh, you know, where you raise the hood and it, it, it the hood still clears it even though it's on the uh, mounted on the, the cowl. You know, right there, well, I just used a little L bracket. Uh, NMO mount oh, yeah. uh, with the L bracket and uh, screwed it into the the cowl uh, on the almost all the way over to the uh, uh, to the passenger side not not too far over to where the antenna is because I didn't want to have any issues between uh, the the good time radio antenna and that one it seems to work okay uh, I haven't tried it mobile to mobile yet 
uh, mobile to uh, handheld inside the house is about uh, two miles. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and are you in a, in a wooded area or a lot of the houses, trees around? More trees, I would say. Uh, I'm sorry, more houses than uh, than trees. There's uh, there's a few trees. It's all like new build, or at least it was 20 years ago when we moved out here. So uh, it's uh, it's pretty. You know, there's a lot of stuff for that uh, that uh, uh, 460 megahertz uh, signals to bounce off of. Yeah, yeah. Obstruction can be a big problem. You know, we've got that. We on, on some of our handhelds, I, they use a, an old marketing technique, like all of the radios do. They say, you know. 36 miles or something like that. And, uh, and people don't realize, even though they put it on the box, that it's 36 miles, light, like line of sight. So oh, yeah. You're on a, a hill looking down to somebody. But, you know, two miles, two, three miles, something like that, in like a heavy pop, heavily populated area, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, if you guys don't realize, the, the big thing about, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Zach, uh, the big thing about GMRS is it's, it's FM, it's also on a frequency that uh, the signal does not go, uh, it doesn't bounce off the ionosphere, so you don't wind up getting these signals from all over the country, uh, all coming in on the channel you're on. So it's quiet. FM is more, or, or I'm sorry, is less susceptible to like static noise and all kinds of other noises. So it's quieter there. I I, I, I like to say that it's a a radio. Uh, that you can actually use the squelch on because <laughs> on CB yep. it's like pointless. So you can you know you can enjoy a conversation uh, with uh, somebody else in the Jeep. You can listen to the radio, the Good Time Radio, and uh, have your GMRS radio sitting there waiting uh, to to hear something important or maybe not important. And uh, you just have the you don't hear the, this all, this horrible background noise all the time, which is my wife hates that. So. Um, this is something that uh, that the whole family, I think, will can enjoy, and it's so much safer than trying to communicate with somebody. Even if you're just dri- if you're driving down the highway and you want to keep up with uh, somebody else in another vehicle, it's so much more safer to pick up a microphone and talk to somebody than to have to dial a phone or even say you know call so and so through through a, a voice service. Uh, it, it's just it's like instant communication that's always right there going. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of those things you can just pick it up in your hand and is immediately where the push to talk is. And uh, you can kind of do it without ever taking your eyes or attention off the road. And as long as the other person is on the same channel, you're, you know, you've got no problem. Now, the uh, I got the 15 watt GMRS MXT275, which kind of has everything in the, the microphone. So it has uh, the the mic, the speaker, the display, the volume controls, and everything, and the radio itself very very small, and it can be uh, mounted anywhere. But I, the thing I really like about that, other than uh, you know it's a Jeep, so there's not a lot of places that you can mount a radio um, easily, especially one that has a display on the front. Uh, that the uh, you you can move the speaker closer to your head even you put it on your ear if you're having a hard time hearing somebody so with that microphone you already have this thing that you're moving around and you can adjust it uh the the distance from you uh to the mic uh or uh, i call it keep it on the microphone but it's kind of like a multi-function device and you can see what channel you're on you can see what kind of signal you're getting from them on the display and you can hear them better because you can manipulate that to you i, I really like that especially in a jeep where uh space is at a premium yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I prefer the 275 myself um, because I don't have a lot of room in my in my vehicle either. And so you can just hide that unit away and you've got everything you need. 
you know, you can just hang it on the hang, you know, the mic on the hang plate. And you see everything just right there in front of you. So, um, and we even have an extension cord if you really want to, you know, hide it way back in the uh, in the back of your vehicle. We have a mic extension cord that allows you to get a little further away. And if I remember correctly, uh, you're, you guys are just using a, a basic network connector, like an RJ45 uh, that uh, yeah. plugs into the thing. So uh, that makes it really, really easy. I'm so glad you guys didn't go proprietary. Uh, so many <laughs> radio manufacturers seem to go proprietary on their connectors. And uh, just making use of things that are already out there is, uh, is so much nicer, so much easier to do things like, uh, like what you're talking about, extensions. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's what we try to do. There may come a time, um, if we ever want to do waterproof, that we'll have to do proprietary just because the, you know, the RJ45, it, uh, it can't hold up. So, right. But right now I think they, they all are RJ45. Cool. So, um, th- there's, there's something that, uh, uh, maybe people don't think about until they're actually in the situation. Uh, one of the things I've done, uh, with, uh, the girls, uh, Jeeps and my wife's Jeep is, I've uh, thrown in a, a GMRS handy talkie uh, or walkie talkie, I think is what you refer to them as, so that they can, if they need to, they can either talk on the uh, handy talkie away from the Jeep or more than likely hand it to somebody else so they, that they can talk to from their Jeep to somebody else, maybe in another vehicle, maybe they're going into a store or whatever. These, these, these handy talkies are very handy, uh, hence the name. And uh, you can uh, stay in communication with somebody. And if you're in an emergency situation, it's great because you have that instant communication with somebody at a remote location uh, from uh, the safety of your Jeep. So I highly recommend getting a, a, a GRMS mobile and a handy talkie to go along with it and just, uh, you know, hang it on a molly, uh, a, a molly rack in the, uh, in the Jeep. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. And we find a, a lot of people feel the same way. And so we, uh, on our website, we've got uh, some bundles that we offer because um, a lot of people, they'll, they'll want to make sure they have both the, uh, the handy talkies, I'll, I'll use your terminology, and the, uh, the micro mobile. Um, and we find, you know, people who are doing the off-roading overlanding and, and the, uh, the other group that uses it that way a lot is the ag industry. So, you know, farmers in their tractors, they want to have one in the uh, unit in their tractor and then some units they can take outside. Exactly. Yeah, I never thought about that. That would be a perfect situation. And and again, just like you said earlier, it's a, a $35 license. It lasts 10 years, and it's good for the family. So it's not $35 per person. It's for the whole family. So if you've got uh, several people in your family, Jeeps or not, and you want them to be able to communicate from that vehicle uh, to you know to home because you can set one of the you can set a GRMS up at home get one of those fifty watt Midland uh, mobile radios a power supply and uh, an inexpensive external antenna and you're set up to to talk to people uh, I'm sure fifteen uh, at least fifteen miles away uh, more like and maybe ten uh, for sure uh, with an external antenna and those fifteen watt mobiles. Yeah, you can get some good range depending on how high how, how high up you are and um, you know what kind of obstruction there is. So I've got one of those units that you're mentioning with the power supply at my house, um, and we can connect them. Actually, we've got a decent repeater network here in Kansas City where we're at um, being developed, and so I actually um, I work with the GMRS group that sets all these up. It's a a group of retired guys that just love radio, and so they're. They're getting repeaters up all over the place. And I think you mentioned you've got a lot of repeaters you can access in Texas as well, right? Correct. And, and let the listeners know, we've talked about it before, but I'm sure we have some new listeners out there that don't understand what a repeater is. 
Yeah, so a repeater just uh, basically it will catch your you know transmission if you're on the correct channel, if you're on a repeater channel um, with your radio, and it will boost it. And so it goes up um, to, you know, typically they're in a very high area unobstructed, and it uh, just magnifies your range incredibly. And if you've got multiple repeaters, you know, close enough, it'll just connect to the other one and, and go on and on from there. Yeah, there's repeater linking that uh, is done in ham radio, and uh, there's even digital modes where they're using the internet <clears throat> to link uh, re- repeaters together. I don't know if there, if that's happening in the GMRS world, but uh, you literally can have uh, conversations with people uh, very far away. I mean, I understand you can pick up the cell phone and call somebody and do the same thing, but you don't have that instant communication that you can have uh, while you're driving down the road and not having to dial a number or are you busy or whatever. The the person on the radio at the other end, they're not busy because they're listening to the radio and <laughs> you can give them a call. And if they're if they're busy, they won't answer, but they know that you're trying to get a hold of them. So it's a, it's a really cool situation, uh, and it's very much like uh, two meters and seventy centimeters on ham radio because they uh, they've had uh, repeaters on those uh, those bands for years, and all you have to do is be able to hear and be able to send to the repeater, and then the repeater handles it going out much further. So you know, getting thirty, fifty, one hundred and twenty miles worth of range, it, it's it's possible. So. It's it's really a great tool, and it's amazing to me that you don't have to pass a, a test for this. You get the same benefits of uh, being a ham radio operator, uh, but all you have to do is pay $35, and you got a license for 10 years. Yeah, that's not too bad of a deal. And you know I should mention, um, I might get in trouble if I don't mention, actually. We, actually, <laughs> we just launched uh, an upgraded product yesterday that gives additional access to repeaters, so um, a lot of people will put split tones on the repeaters to keep you know unauthorized users out. Right. And until recently, we didn't have the option on our radios for you to pick a transmission tone and a receive tone. Uh, but just yesterday, and so as of uh, yesterday, everything that ships out, uh, all of our MXT 115s and 275s that ship out, uh, will be a new version that has a USB-C instead of the USB-A, so you get much faster charging. Uh, you know, you can charge your phones, laptops, uh, what have you, a lot quicker. And then the other feature we added was the addition of split tones. And so now you can uh, access repeaters that may have uh, the split tone functionality enabled on them. I did not realize, I haven't, <clears throat> we really hadn't gone anything into any repeater uh, setups on the, the mobiles that we have. Uh, I did not realize that you only had uh, the, is, I guess it would be the, well, I guess the transmit and receive tone are the same, or is it just a receive tone that, that the, uh, current MX two seventy fives or the the recent MX T two seventy fives have. So I, I think they do it in pairs. And I think they're the same. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I, I'd have to give all my engineers to tell you you know that specific of a detail, but uh, um, yeah, I, I think they're the same. And you, and you can't if somebody's got the split tone set up on the repeater, you just can't access it. So do you are you guys planning on doing firmware upgrades to the old MXT two seventy fives, or are you just going to have to buy a new one if you want to have that capability? No, we unfortunately we can't do firmware upgrades to to get the USB C in there or to get the uh, split tone functionality. It's uh, it's just too complex of a thing for us to be able to do. So um, they they'd have to upgrade their radio, and you know if we have people who have a radio, um, the older version they bought relatively recently. You know, we'd be happy if you give us a call. I'm sure we can uh, work out some kind of 
some kind of deal with you. So, um, and if you'd like one of these to test, Tony, I'd be happy to send one your way just to test and you can try to use it on the repeaters you have out near you. Oh, great. I appreciate that. Well, uh, fortunately, uh, you actually have a way uh, for these folks to upgrade uh, their, uh, their Midland radios uh, very easily with a, a bit of a discount, don't you? That's absolutely right. So any of, any of your listeners who are uh, um, listening here today, we do have a code just for you guys. It's JTS, and it's good for uh, 15% off all of our products with the exception of our business line radios, uh, which I don't think your users would, would likely be that interested anyways. They use a different frequency. But um, So all of our micromobile, walkie-talkies, what have you, 15% off, and that's at our web, website, which is midlandusa.com. And you got to you got to get on this. This will expire on July the first. And just uh, just so we're clear, uh, Zach didn't say fifty percent. He said fifteen. <laughs> yes, fifteen. Yeah, not not fifty. I, I don't know if we could do fifty. But, uh. <laughs> well, not, and you still work there. Uh, let's put it this that way. So that's, that's right. That's code JTS, like Jeep Talk Show, and uh, it's good for fifteen percent. And it will expire on July the first. So if you if you'd like to have that split tone, maybe you got a repeater in your area and you're cussing it because they're they're doing the split tones. Now's a good uh, a good way for you to upgrade this. And you know it, it doesn't ever hurt to have more radios than uh, I was going to say more than you need. But if you if you love radio, you never have more radios than you need. <laughs> That's right. You can always give to someone else, and it gives you, uh, you know, more people that you can reach out to and talk to. So yeah, and you don't have to go through a repeater. Uh, repeater just makes things uh, work a little better. Uh, like like when I got these uh, these rigs, I didn't figure the girls would be talking through repeaters, but uh, they'd be talking to uh, you know back home or between jeeps, and uh, it's a great thing to have during an emergency. And we live down here in Southeast Texas on the Gulf Coast. Hurricane season's coming up, and uh, it, it, it just there, that instant communication that doesn't require you to take your eyes off the road uh, is going to be so much more um, consoling and make you feel better because you have that instant communication. You don't have to worry about the phone ringing. And also, too, I don't know if everybody understands this, the cell phone, uh, the whole infrastructure for the cell phone can go can go down. And if it does... None of that's going to work. That communication is not going to work for you. You're going to have to go back to something that you can do on your own, like a radio or like these handhelds. Oh, and the uh, the GMS, GMRS radios will work with the FRS radios, won't they? Yes, so uh, channels 1 through um, 22, I think, for all of our uh, walkie-talkies and, and mobile radios are the same. So if you buy our mobile and our walkie-talkie, you should be able to just put them on the same channel and they'll they'll communicate to each other yeah so i mean literally if you have one of these uh, midland micro mobiles in your in your jeep uh you can just stop at walmart and for uh, you know 15 20 bucks pick up some frs radios and uh, it, they are limiting you don't get the like you can't do 50 watts on those uh, frs ra- uh, radio frequencies but uh, you could certainly talk you know walkie talkie to jeep within a short distance so uh, it, it's so simple so simple to get and uh, Midland makes it so easy uh, to fit these things inside your Jeep. It's just it, it, it's it's a no brainer. This is absolutely the best way to go for two way communications, in, in my estimation. Well, we feel the same way, and, and uh, you know we're glad to hear that you're enjoying the radios. And you know you, you made a good point, and I, I, I want to kind of build off that a little bit. You mentioned the cell infrastructure, and you know the possibility of you know something happening with it. 
And, and I can tell you, a lot of people are really worried about that. And we've had, uh, you know, with COVID and everything going on politically, we've had a great, uh, you know, 18 months in, in sales, people, uh, you know, coming and getting these radios because they want to have a preparedness plan. And so prepping went from something that was very niche to, you know, a major portion of the population feels that they may need to have a backup communication uh, plan. And I think the GMRS radios are an easy, long-distance uh you know, solution for that. Yep. The only way you guys could uh, have hit it better is if you sold guns and radios. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll actually suggest that to the, to the board uh, next week. So. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know what side of the the argument the, the gun thing is on. <laughs> so. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a pretty conservative brand, so I, I, we, we could probably get away oh, with it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Well, Zach, tell the kids, because you know how the kids love that social media. Tell, how they, tell, tell them how they can, you know, look at the pictures and maybe read a little more and do things. We already mentioned the MidlandUSA.com website. Uh, but what about the social media, the Instagram, the Facebook, uh, all that stuff? Oh, yeah. We're, we're on all of the major social media. So Instagram, uh, Twitter. We're on LinkedIn as well. We do a Facebook. And we have a, a Facebook uh, group called Overlanding USA. Uh, that's a lot of fun, and it's specifically for people who who are involved in the off-roading overlanding community. But you can find us at the uh, at Midland USA at all of these uh, all of these platforms. Excellent. Well, Zach, I'm so glad that you guys responded favorably to coming on to the show, and uh, we're going to have to get you back on or somebody from your company. I'd, I'd, I'd like for it to be you, but uh, maybe we can get you back. Maybe you got a new product coming out uh, here in the in the future, and you'd like to tell our audience about it. We'd love to have you back on. So keep us in mind uh, for uh, for future interviews. So Tony, I would like that as well, and I actually have something in mind. So maybe we'll we'll catch up a little after this, and uh, and we can. We can plan our next uh, get together. Excellent. And uh, if if uh, things go like I wanted to, maybe I'll see you out at one of these Jeep Jamborees and we can uh, sit there and uh, BS about radios for a good hour. Absolutely. You, you can't <laughs> go wrong. If you can get into one of those, uh, you, you got to go. Well, now, I, well, actually, now I know somebody that can help me get in, right? You you actually do know somebody, so we uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up after this, but uh, we might be able to help you out. All right. Great. Thanks again, Zach. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. Thanks again to Zach Alshawish for giving us some uh, good information on the new generation of GMRS radios coming out from Midland. Good company right there, and hope you get a chance to check them out. Do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you work in the off-road industry, or maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest here on the Jeep Talk Show. Everybody has a Jeep story, and we want to hear yours. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? It could be you. Don't slam the door. God, God. dang it. That's There's always one. one in every group. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, this is the, this is the, uh, the time of the show where we go ahead and pull up around the campfire and uh, pull up a seat, crack a beverage, and talk about one particular topic or another. Got this one just under the wire. And we uh, in, in, invite you, the listener, to join us around the campfire and that's right. If you're new to the show, you yourself can interact with us live as we record the show and talk about whatever topic of the week it is. And every week it's a different one. This week, we are talking about Jeep shows and whether or not you're going to be happening or whether or not you're going to be going uh, to any this year. 
it's finally nice to see that uh, you know restrictions are lifted and all that sort of stuff, and normality is 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 back. And Jeep shows are being scheduled. I'm seeing all kinds of of good ones popping up. Uh, you know things like the Silver Lake uh, Sand Dunes Jeep Invasion, even like the big ones like Bantam Jeep Festival. That one's happening just right around the corner, and and I wish I could get out to something like that. But uh, but I hope you are. And so that's what I want to talk about is is whether or not after all of the last year or so. You're looking to looking forward to getting out and being around other Jeepers at a show where you know special things are happening, giveaways, things like that. I don't know what Jeep shows are like in your neck of the woods, but around here, they're few and far between, so I take every opportunity that I can to attend to an off-roader Jeep show. What about you? Are you going to be going this year? We're going to find out. We're going to go around the campfire right now and talk to some of our listeners and our co-hosts and find out what's going to be going on with this topic. Starting off tonight, we've got Chris with 7slats.com. Great blog over there. Make sure you go check out 7slats.com. Uh, it's an awesome blog about Jeeps and other things, too. Chris, what would you have to say about Jeep shows? Are you going to be going to any this year? Yes, looking forward to getting back to Jeep Fest, Toledo Jeep Fest in Toledo, Ohio. Obviously, last year it was canceled because of we all yeah. know why. Um, and this year, it looks like it's going to be wide open. So very looking forward to, uh, to being at that again. I've been to every... Every show they've had before, they skipped a year because... Of I was going to ask. I was going to yeah. ask. Yeah. It, yeah. Ha, has it progressed? Would you say that's a show that has grown bigger and bigger every year? Absolutely. Absolutely. The first year, it was abysmal as far as attendance and support from, from Jeep. And well, the second year, uh, they really stepped it up. And then uh, they skipped one year. I don't remember why, but uh, was it 18 or 19? 19 it was great great weather great downtown the uh yeah. city of Toledo is is uh neat small i mean it's pretty vacant uh, as a lot of midwest towns are not being too far from detroit it's kind of falling into the same fate but i can't i can't recommend it i don't want to oversell it but i can't recommend it enough they got a uh triple a AAA baseball team they usually do a jeep themed baseball game that weekend so oh, definitely right worth a trip worth a trip yeah, I saw, I saw a bunch of pictures of uh, of 2019, and it looked pretty amazing. Uh, and, and I was like, okay, you know that that is what the Bantam Festival is all about, and uh, or you know that's what those kinds of festivals are all about. And I, and I like seeing uh, seeing the big Jeep shows like that, and especially when you know pretty much the entire city is taken over. And, and from what I understand, I mean that that is that is one show where literally block after block after block, you've got Jeeps and you've got you know vendor displays and other things going on like that. So that's what I can't wait to get back to. What about you, Greg? Uh, what would you say is, is on your uh, on your list this year? Would a, would a Jeep show or an off-road show be on that list? Sure thing. I'd love to be able to have an opportunity to do something like that. Uh, we stay pretty busy with our with our family, with the different activities. With uh, I've got a couple of kids in high school still, and uh, <clears throat> they all are really active with their sports. So oh, sometimes so, yeah, their, the their, uh, their activities yeah. get in the way of doing stuff like that. So uh, if, if, if all the stars line up and, uh, there's a, a, a free weekend, uh, you'll bet you will be out there. Heck yeah. That's what it's all about. And getting the family involved too, of course, you know, a lot of these Jeep events are, are definitely family oriented. Uh, I have been to several where they actually have specific areas for the kids, you know, things like, you know, face painting or, or, you know, kitty games and stuff like that really get the kids involved and get them to have fun because if the kids are having fun, then the whole family's having fun. Uh, Christopher, what about you, man? Are you going to get out to some shows this year? Oh, yeah. I've got actually a Jeep group meetup this week, uh, next week coming up. Nice. And then uh, we've got uh, a Jeep festival that comes up. It's called Okie Jeep Jam. 
Uh, oh yeah, that comes up in October. Cool. And I'm thinking there's another one, but I can't remember what the name of it is. And it's supposed to open somewhere in July or August, somewhere in there. And uh, so yeah, I've got quite a few that I'm gonna head up while I'm here while they're going on. Heck yeah, I love hearing that. So let me ask you a question. Uh, you got the like the group one coming up here. Is that a Facebook group or is it a local Jeep club or, or what is that? Yeah, it's a local Jeep um, group called 918 Off-Road here in Tulsa. So Right on. We, uh, There's a good night. Uh, a nice shameless up. plug there for, for, the, for the club. Oh, yeah. What about Larry, Jeep and Mo? Would you be attending any events this year or oh, you know, maybe uh, take it easy for a little bit longer? He's already been attending events. He's, he's making events. his own events. Right. Yeah, Larry has, <laughs> has right. I forgot. He's been traveling and stuff. I yeah. forgot That's about right. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we made one of the few events ahead last year, which was the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. And we'll, we'll go back to that uh, again this year in uh, Pigeon Forge. And then uh, we were down at the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. That's where I met, you know, seen tony there right and uh you know we'll probably meet chris at the uh the one in toledo we'll go to that one and back to pigeon forge and then there's always there's several little ones in our area um like rendezvous in the ozarks we we went to that last year and we'll do that again this year and you know, there's there's several other ones like that we'll that we'll go to as well well, I'm we living vicariously through you since you're making the rest of us look bad. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, hats Thank off you, to you, Larry, uh, for, for really getting out there and doing it, man. Uh, it takes a lot of dedication and, uh, and of course, a lot of, you know, logistical preparation and stuff to make trips like this happen on a regular basis. So, uh, really, you know, uh, kudos to you for, for uh, you know, being able to do all that. Mike Zen, he's with us uh, here every week. Uh, Mike, glad to see you again. Uh, would you be interested in attending any shows this year? Or are you going to play it safe? No, absolutely. The more the merrier, you know, got to find right. out where those events are happening and just uh, go on and uh, start meeting some other jeepers. And that's what it's all about is, is finding out what's going on in your area. Now, chances are, you know, you're not going to have uh, a parking lot full of Jeeps and, and an awesome, you know, DJ or, you know, something like that happening, uh, you know, at a parking lot 15 minutes from your house. You're probably going to have to drive a little bit to go to a show. That's just the way it is. But let me tell you, if you've never been to a Jeep show or been to a big off-road show before or been to even to an, uh, an off-road expo, now those are something else to behold. But the, the, the local Jeep shows are a lot of fun as well. Uh, so if you can get, uh, get involved on the local level, even if it's something like it's an hour drive, oh, man, I don't want to drive an hour and then I got to pay for parking and, oh, I got to pay for admission or something like that, you know, and then we got to buy lunch and, you know, all this other stuff. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. You're going to have a good time. You're going to meet some amazing people and, and really you're going to see some really cool stuff. Um, it, it's worth it. it. Just if nothing else for the experience uh, it, to find out, well, maybe Jeep shows aren't for me. You know, maybe I don't like, uh, you know, being around people of like mind and, and seeing a lot of really cool custom-built Jeeps and, and being huh. able to talk and schmooze with, you know, the manufacturers and, and ask them questions and stuff like that. Hey, you know, to each their own. But, uh, you know, for a lot of us, you know, it is an experience like nothing else, and, and we can't wait to get out and do it again. Bob, two cheap Jeep guys with us tonight. Uh, Bob, Jeep shows, are they going to be happening for you this year or not? I think we've lost Bob. Is Bob here with us? Is he maybe just got his mic on mute? Am I all alone? Did my 
Yeah. Are you here? Are we hear you. Okay, Josh, we're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good, right. Tony. Can you there hear me is. now? There we go. Technology right, mute button. I don't know how it works. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we did Easter Jeep Safari. We'll be doing two of the Overland Expos. Uh, we'll be doing SEMA. And then we do a couple of monthly meetups here in Colorado. So, yeah, we'll be doing lots of, lots of stuff like that this year. Nice. Bob, it sounds like you've got a full schedule, too. I love hearing that. So that, that is really cool. SEMA has always been a show that I, I, I've I, it's been on my list for years. I mean, I used to work in mobile electronics. And, of course, you know, SEMA uh, is, is a huge show for mobile electronics. Uh, and, and uh, that's just one that's been on my list for, for little, literally decades. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one that hopefully I'll be able to chance to get to one of these years and, uh, and be able to see a lot of you guys. Uh, and of course, uh, a lot of people that we've had here on the show as interviewees, uh, as well. Uh, so, you know, hats off to you for that. And, uh, what are the local shows like? What is it just Jeep club meetups or is it like a show and shine? What's happening in your neck of the woods? So we do, uh, there's an Overland meetup that meets at a brewery once a month and there's usually 10 to 20 maybe more guys who show up with their rigs oh, for that's that good right on and then uh rigs and coffee or it's they do it in a church parking lot and they usually fill the parking lot they didn't do them at all last year but the year before it was uh they'd fill the parking lot food trucks would show up and stuff on a saturday oh, wow. morning nice cool. so you'd see 50 plus guys there, Jeeps, Land Rovers, old Broncos, old internationals, everything. Did you ask the Land Rovers to leave? <laughs> no, I, I may have had one for a while. So oh, no. The truth comes out. <laughs> Well, he finally made the right decision, so that's that, yeah. that's good. <laughs> no, there's uh, there's a a little place called uh, now I'm forgetting this Sparky's Pizza. There's a pizza joint down uh, just a five minute drive from me, and during the summer, typically in the month of August and and part of September, um, some hot rod guys show up and they you know park their cars uh, front and center and uh, you know pop out a couple of lawn chairs and just sit nice. around and BS. Yeah, and and so I showed up with my Jeep one day, and this other guy shows up, you know, with uh, with another rig, and, and pretty soon, you know, there's all these vehicles showing up, and it's a regular weekend thing, and there was nothing sanctioned, scheduled, anything like that. A couple guys knew each other who had some custom rods, and they decided to meet up and and just sit there, and see who else would show up, because usually if you put you know a couple of hot rods in a parking lot, uh, yep. right on an arterial road, somebody else is going to be like, huh? Well, I'm gonna go get mine. Yeah. And you know, and all of a sudden there's a half a dozen there, and then there's twenty, and all of a sudden you got a bunch of other rigs and people standing around and talking, and suddenly you got a car show on your hands. And it's this little show and shine type of thing that happens completely impromptu with absolutely no scheduling whatsoever. You know, it, it's it but it, it happens all the time uh, here in the summer, right around from where I live. Uh, and there's some really cool cats that that show up with some really really nice rides. And, and I hope that you get a chance, if you have anything like that in your, in your neighborhood, that even if it's not Jeep-related, that you get out and, and have a chance to go check the stuff out because, you know, you see some really incredible rides, some amazing workmanship, and that's what this stuff is all about. 
Joshua here with us. Uh, I'm going to call him uh, Joshua because uh, my name's Josh and he's uh, he's not. But uh, <laughs> Joshua yeah. here with us. Uh, Josh, what would you say uh, is is your next year looking like as far as shows go? You got a full schedule or not so much? Uh, don't have anything planned, but uh, definitely open to going going back to shows. Uh, I know there's a uh, let's see. Mid to late summer, there's some Jeep shows coming up here in central Ohio, and uh, uh, I don't currently have a Jeep, but uh, I, I'm hoping to sell my motorcycle so I can get back into Jeeping. Um, but uh, otherwise, there's some uh, bike nights almost every every night around here in central Ohio, um, and then uh, a lot of car shows too, hot rods and muscle cars. I'll try try to make it out to a few events this year. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether it's a bike event, a hot rod, I mean, whatever, man. It, it's it's camaraderie. It's it's being around people who have similar interests and stuff. And there's just I don't know. There's there's a certain bit of zen to the to the whole thing. You there's an atmosphere to it. There's a buzz. I don't I don't know what it is, but it just the air is a little bit different at a car show. And, and it is something to behold. If you haven't ever been, if you haven't ever been to, to any kind of a show like that, whether it's bikes or vets or Porsches or hot rods or Jeeps, whatever it is, get out there and, and do it and, and just support the industry as a whole uh, because it really makes all the difference in the world. Now, Wendy, what about, what about you and Bill? You guys got anything on, on, the, uh, on the schedule? You talked about something that you're trying to possibly put together. We're going to hear more about that later. But what else is on your calendar? Yeah, we'll just, if there's any shows that come up, California's still kind of closed. We haven't heard. Usually there's expos, there's jamborees, there's all kinds of Jeep events in Southern California. So we definitely do that. But I know there's an Overlander show in Arizona at the end of September that we maybe, you know, go check it out. So we're definitely yeah, open for the, uh, it. We love doing them. Yeah. That's the big Overland West? Is that is that I what that one is? I think that's what that's called. I'm not sure yet. We're still looking at the details and figuring out how it's, you know, how we can make it work. So, yeah, up here in the Northwest, there's not a whole a lot of the big expos that happen as far as the off-roading. We don't have as much of a motorsport industry up here in, in Oregon as, uh, as you down in California or even uh, you in, t uh, in Texas, Tony, uh, Oregon just doesn't seem to have, I mean, they're all about Birkenstocks and, and Subarus up here. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doomed, man. I'm doomed. So, uh, yeah, we just don't have the industry up here. There's not that much of a following. And so when the shows happen, they're, they're, they're few and far between. Uh, they usually don't last very long, meaning maybe a few years, and then they kind of just go into the ether. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's kind of sad. Uh, and so it's down to the club level at this point, where the clubs put mm -hmm. together something. And we've got, we've got uh, clubs and shows that happen every year, some that have been going on for you know close to seven to ten years or so. Um, that are on a regular basis and, and have been growing and growing and growing, but they never really get to the point of a big expo where you've got, you know, a couple thousand people there in yeah. you know, several vehicles that are, you know, all all alike and stuff like that. So, you know, we just don't have those here. Um, and so I, I live vicariously through anybody else who has the opportunity to, to experience these. Uh, I'm experiencing something on a much smaller scale, but, you know, it's, it's I, I, I'm hoping for bigger, <laughs> hoping for bigger <laughs> one of these days. Now, Tony, uh, I, you had a show in Texas here recently. Uh, I don't know what's coming up in the near future for you um, uh, or for your area, 
Uh, what have you heard and what's coming up? Well, that's kind of the problem. I haven't heard anything. I'm really anxious. So with the, the Gladiator, uh, that gives me the uh, the ability to, to go with these things without having to worry about uh, anything breaking. I mean, things can always break, but it's less likely to happen with a brand new vehicle. And I was just going to mention, um, uh, Christopher, if uh, I don't know exactly where in Oklahoma that event is, uh, but uh, any of you guys that have events coming up, any of our listeners that have events coming up, I just pulled up uh, Google Maps really quick, and uh, I figured uh, going for the middle of uh, Oklahoma would probably be a good uh, uh, arc to look in. And uh, if I, if I drove, drove from here to Oklahoma City, it's uh, six hours and 53 minutes. So oh, hey, you do that one yeah, jaunt. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm, so I'm thinking uh, I mean, that would cover uh, most of Texas. I know people are gasping. It would not get me out of Texas on the, in the panhandle. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi, uh, of course, Louisiana, that's very close. I might actually even be able to make it to a little bit of New Mexico within that seven-hour uh, drive. Uh, so that's quite a bit of a, a, you know, quite an arc that I could go to because I don't think six hours would be a problem, even if uh, we didn't want to go for the expense of staying at a hotel or something. A six hour drive or seven hour drive back home wouldn't be too bad, especially in that uh, fancy gladiator. So if you guys. Leave at like six in the morning, you're there for lunch, you hang out for a couple few hours in your home, you know, for a late back. dinner or, you know, early bedtime, you know, whatever. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can make it all happen in a day. But that was one of the reasons for, uh, for getting the gladiator is to get out and uh, meet you folks. Uh, uh, so I'd love to, I mean, even if it's a little further than uh, six and a half hours. I mean, I, I think Tulsa is a little further, uh, probably another uh, 30 minutes or so, uh, maybe another hour to get to Tulsa. So any of those places, if you got something coming up, it, it doesn't matter if it's big or small. Uh, I just want to get out and drive the Gladiator and uh, show off those big ass stickers. So, yeah. you know, yeah. let me know about it. Uh, just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And along with uh, getting out to uh, Hidden Falls Adventure Park, we can, uh, you can also let me know about some events in this uh, very wide uh, seven, eight hour arc from uh, Houston, Texas. Awesome. Well, Tony, I, I really hope that uh, the uh, the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator gets a chance to get out and, uh, and get some exposure. Uh, I know you've been itching, so and so have I. We'd like for you to join the Campfire Side Chat each and every week, and you can do that by following us on Facebook or receive notifications via our newsletter that uh, usually happens every week. Uh, <laughs> a little dig at Tony there for this week. It's very easy Just to sign up one. for our newsletter. <laughs> Uh, and don't worry, we clearly don't spam you. Uh, it's literally now no. down to less than one email a week yeah. <laughs> on average. Less yeah, we're averaging one. like 0. 0.9 or something now. Point, yeah, 0. 0.98 <laughs> emails a week now. So uh, <laughs> we don't sell your information, nothing like that. And it's just as easy to unsubscribe. So we highly encourage you to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you get some inside information as far as what's coming up with the show, uh, whether or not we have some giveaways uh, coming up on the horizon, things like that. So you definitely want to uh, get the inside information if you can. You do that through the newsletter. of course. Uh, how to join in on the campfire site chat is in there as well. And uh, of course, on our Facebook page, uh, you can find that information too. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, don't forget, we need your likes. I mean, it's more for Tony's personal morale and self-worth than for the show's <laughs> rankings, but, but you know what I mean. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Oh my Time has come, the podcaster said, to talk of many things, of wheels and tires and lip kits, of differentials and of springs, and why Tony's XJ is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings.
Broadcasting since 2010.